Welcome, everybody. So this is Cyberbulls episode three. It's a weekly series that we're doing on both YouTube Live and Twitter Spaces. And it's a show where we're trying to get to be better investors and the right strategies and making the right decisions. So we have with us the three bulls. This is Christian. He's a stoic bull. He's a momentum investor. Alex, he's our YOLO bull. He likes to dabble in options trading. And me, I'm the forever bull. So what I do is I buy, then I buy, then I buy, and then I hold. And I hold some more, then I hold some more. So, so the topics we're going to cover today, right? The first is, is there a very interesting pattern with Tesla stock? It is very interesting. In the last several years, Tesla stock seems to get its all-time high in the second half of the year. We've got tables to show you and some discussion about if that's a true pattern or don't believe anything you see. Um, another good question is why are institutions underholding Tesla stock? We'll take a look at some numbers. We're going to evaluate again. What are there some thoughts of why they are still doing that? And is that about to change? That will be quite interesting. We have a new segment called Bulls in Training. So this is where we're going to explore some very simple concepts and try to explain it to folks. Like we're going to get Xander to explain to us what is a call, what is an option, one thing I'm most interested in is why do people follow the 200-day moving average? Why is that such an incredible metric, is it? Another good section could be mess with the bulls, you're going to get the horns. <laughs> we want to hear bears' arguments, and we want to see which ones, the ones that are most frustrating for us bulls to hear, but which ones actually have some potential merit to it as well. So let's get started. Hey, guys, how are you doing? So Xander, um, Oh, is he still fooling around with something with that? Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm here. All right. So, Xander, did you make some trades this year? This, this year? This, last this year, definitely. <laughs> I deal in years. You deal in weeks. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, I um, made some trades uh, with selling calls. And I um, uh, sold some puts. So, uh, today, when we were falling... Uh, down to, you know, the 908 area, um, that 200-day moving average that you're talking about uh, was uh, was a good time to sell a put if you uh, think that we're going to have a run-up into, uh, into the stock split. So uh, I sold some puts, not very far, uh, down to the 875 area uh, and then 850. So I uh, would be happy if it actually went down there uh, to pick up some shares. Okay, when we get to that section later, you need to explain everything because I know <laughs> nothing about it. I sold posts and I sold shares and I don't know what yeah. that means. And Okay, okay. <laughs> happy, to, happy to break it down. All right, so Christian, you're our economy guy. What's happening tomorrow? <laughs> What's happening with the momentum with the uh, feds? And in, are we still in uh, you know inflation hell? What's going on? High level, what yeah. are you expecting this week and what happened last week? Yeah, good question. So um, I learned the Fed minutes is coming out tomorrow. So that's good. Xander, I saw uh, put that out. So that was something I wasn't aware of. I, I keep up with it day to day, but not every day. So um, looking out for that, that could set a tone for the market to see if the Fed's going to be more hawkish or more um, dovish. And that could set a good tone. Um, what we saw last week is Tesla stock rallying, right? And today we kind of took a break, even though the SPY, the overall S&P 500 did really well. Tesla got positive for a little bit. It was up like a half percent, but it couldn't hold it. But still, nice close. We see oil down. 
at 86. That's huge to me. I always say, look at oil. Oil keeps coming down. That's great for inflation. That's great for the stock market. That's great for growth stocks. The 10-year treasury, 2.82. That's behaving very well under three. Again, very important metrics for growth stocks and overall market. Um, overall market sentiment is still very bearish, which means I think we could still have farther to go because most people still are negative or slightly negative. A lot of analysts on CNBC, I see, you know, very bearish, very calm, very measured. But, you know, I think the economy, the jobs are looking good. I think inflation, all commodities, wheat, corn that have come in that was down big today again. So I see the macro getting better. And companies that we follow, we love like Tesla with demand, you know, years out performing, you know, great in, in an environment that's a little bit choppy. Um, I think we're going to do great with back half of the year coming. We always talk about record Q3 and four and then, you know, 23 looking amazing, another 50 percent growth. So, um, yeah, I think macro is still a little choppy, but it's getting better. And, um, yeah, we'll see tomorrow what the Fed has to say. Yeah, you know, I think the world's actually starting to make sense again. At first, I was very, very upset. I did not know why has Tesla not taken off? Why isn't it going crazy? We saw it. We started getting excited. We go, oh, my God, here we go. We're all jumping up and down. We hit 915, 920. Then all of a sudden, we had a Friday where this massive downturn, then a Monday. And I was freaking out. Then when I found out, yes, it was our good old Elon. friend, the Matador. <laughs> Elon sold more stocks. Okay. Well, while I'm disappointed a little bit, of course, I feel good because it feels like the world makes sense. That's why it went down. Right? Exactly. Well, why yes. is it holding steady today? Why isn't it like jumping up? <laughs> could, could be some profit taking. Um, like I said, you saw the S&P kind of hang in there. The triple Qs was, you know, just steady. So I, I think it's basically a little bit of profit taking because we did have a huge run, you know, from that sixes after the Q2 print. So it could be a little of that. It could be a little bit, you know, positioning, moving into some different names, you know, that haven't run as much. So it's anyone's guess. Um, Xander, I don't know if you have uh, anything specific on that. I do. I think uh, today, especially the attention was on uh, meme stonks. And uh, you had uh, Bed Bath and Beyond going buck wild there, yeah. um, so up seventy five percent. I didn't even check where it closed. Uh, I, I'm on construction site by the, you can see by the dumpster. Uh, so pardon my uh, furry face and the look. But uh, beyond that, uh, I just think the attention is elsewhere, and I think that now um, I'm, I'm a little concerned that that you know you're starting to get that irrational exuberance, and you have it's getting frothy on the. Uh, on the run, um, you know, you, we, we went above the 200-day moving average, which, which is a big deal. Uh, it went above it, came back down to that 908. If you look, it was right at 908, and that's exactly where it bounced today. Um, and um, I, I think now, though, with the stock split and tomorrow being the 17th, which is the, uh, the date of record for, um, you, you know, posted, even though it doesn't matter for traders, uh, uh, you know, if you're buying the stock on the 24th, you will get the split on the 25th. You do get the three shares, um, you know, for the one. But uh, some people don't know that there's a confusion. So I have a feeling that tomorrow we're going to see a push up. Um, so I thought about buying a little bit of call, but I didn't. What do you guys think? <laughs> well, I'm yeah. going to... 
put a little pressure on on uh, on Christian because he started tweeting out last week. Oh my God, you know the world's great. Uh, Tesla stock is gonna about to go to the moon. He's very eloquent. He was writing it, making all these quotes, and then so I publicly in Twitter and I said, well then uh, why don't you make a call for next week? Why you think it's gonna just skyrocket to the moon? He backs off right away. And says, oh I didn't mean next week. I meant the following months. Come on. Hey, I'm trying to be measured in my approach. So you want to you want to you want to keep your expectations and investor in check, right? So if you set yourself up, we're going to move, you know, twenty percent in a week, and it doesn't happen. You're you're letting your emotions kind of get the best of you. But I I get your sentiment, and I love your charts, and yeah, I know we're going to get into it. But Tesla does run in the back half of the year. That's what we see. But why? I think it has a little bit to do with Tesla itself. Tesla's monster quarters are three and four, the lead in, right? One is usually historically. Uh, not so much now, but Q1, they used to do less units delivered than Q4. So now Tesla is doing so good that Q1 is, is outpacing Q4. But, but yeah, beautiful chart here. And it illustrates that, you know, going into Tesla's big quarters of three and four, you see the monstrous rise in the stock, which is just amazing. You know, I saw that the other day. It's, a, it's, it's very informative. Yeah, it's great. All right. Yeah, let's let's yeah. talk about this stock rise pattern. So, uh, I don't know how I came across this, but this was beginning of this year, I think, somewhere like that. Oh, no, it was after June. Yeah, <laughs> after May 24th. <laughs> so I took a look and I did a little bit of research and I saw that, interestingly, uh, it seems that the all-year low happens on the first half of the year. So the folks on Twitter Spaces, I'm putting up a chart and it basically shows that in 2019, the all-year low for 2019 was on June 3rd. The price was $35. The all-year high for that year was December 26th at $86, so a increase in change of 145%. The same pattern happens in 2020, 2021, and 2022. 2020, the all-year low happened in March. And same with 2021 in March. So far in 2022... This is holding up. The all-year low so far was May of this year, 628. And so why is this happening? Why is there this pattern where for Tesla, the earning, uh, the, um, the, the price is happening in the first half? And so my guess, and I kind of like slipped there, Freudian, Freudian slip, <laughs> Christian's favorite word, earnings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think what happens is, you know, this is Tesla is a growth company. They are producing in 19. They were just kind of like getting their legs in underneath them. And so by the second half of the year, they are showing after earnings Q1, Q2, and then Q3, they're showing that they're actually growing. Each year that's growing, people start piling on the second half. What's your thought, Xander or uh, Christian? I'll just say real quick, I think you hit it, earnings. Q3 and 4, Tesla's earnings usually kill expectations because of one reason, right? Units delivered are way more on the back half than usually the first half. And as those earnings come through, Wall Street, who always got the story wrong and always underestimate Tesla's earning power and how many units they're going to deliver, you know, the, the street has to catch up with the EPS estimates and usually you know, the institutions come in on the back half of the year and, 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 and it looks like the stock rallies up. And, you know, that's what that chart says. Now, you know, 
this time is different, I, you know, maybe, but maybe not. Like, like that looks like a great trend and, you know, uh, it, it could continue. And it looks like the setup is continuing into this year. So I would be surprised if that, you know, maybe not to the same extreme, but if we don't have a nice run into the year end, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, I, um, Q3 and Q4 are historically very strong. I was just taking a look at the number of deliveries uh, that we had uh, from Q4 to Q1. Uh, I was showing my father-in-law and, uh, and, and how, you know, three and four are the big ones, but then it kind of gets flat. And now, of course, with Q2, we saw a drop. Now, the question is, like, is there still doubt in the market's eyes about Tesla's ability to deliver, uh, you know, r record numbers. And your the earnings per shares, uh, I think Gary Black posted something with like $12.44 or something like that for expectations uh, for the entire year. And so if you start looking at that PE ratio, we're at like 75 and uh, or just below it for, uh, you know, for the forward PE. So what what with such a low earnings uh, estimate you know i was talking about uh, what does it look like at the end of the year when you're delivering 40,000 vehicles a month um so i, I think you're you know you're really poised to have uh, move up to the $1000 mark and then uh and i'm looking to see what happens there is there going to be a bounce and a little pullback or are we just going to are we just going to fly uh, back up to 1200 and go, go, go test that, go test that hundred PE. Yeah. So when I did that table and I put it out in June of several months ago, I kind of did it as a fun thing. And as you can imagine, all the Twitter replies were like, are, if your investment strategy is based on some sort of fake pattern that you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. I no, get but that. Th Herbert, that's not a fake pattern. That's a true pattern. Now you don't want to th that be your only guide, but that's a great visual for you when you are doubting, you know, the stock or doubting your strategy to glance at that gives you some comfort to say, wait a minute. No, th this has happened before and we've had big declines and in the back half we can rally. So, there's nothing, you know, putting some pieces of evidence around you just to keep your, your mind clear and give you that clarity. Okay. Absolutely. But what everybody says is don't look at past behavior to, to say this is what's going to happen this year. And uh, well, you sure, know, I, said, yeah. I said, okay, sure, that's true. Why is this happening? And again, my answer is simply that car production continues to rise. And then they're starting to see that this is a growth company. And then people put in. So it was interesting when Gary Black tweeted out just a few days ago, and he kind of supported this. And he said, you know, he, his tweet says, tis the season. Tesla typically runs from August to December. And he said, since 2017, the average is 53% gain compared to the NASDAQ, which was only a 6% gain. So he says the reason is that the street estimates catch up with reality and that investors start looking for, uh, looking at the next year PE ratios which for Tesla, next year's PE ratio is really, really cheap. So when they start thinking about fiscal year 23, the PE ratio he calculated to be at 37.5 times versus the fiscal year 2022, the PE ratio is 68. So, you know, as the PE ratio, as people start looking at 23 the next year and they go, my gosh, 
the forward looking PE. So I guess it makes them look at forward looking <laughs> earnings instead of right. looking at the previous years. But, uh, but what's even more important, Herbert, it's that that's a great tweet. But what's even more important is Tesla could jump over those numbers. What happens is the, the Wall Street has to keep raising the earnings estimates. We don't know it. Well, most, some of us know it to follow it closely. But when this first came out, they were really low. They've been low for 2019, 2020, 21. They always have to raise because they start out at like, you know, X. And then they have to go 50% more over X because that's how far that they've undercut it. So 23, even Gary Black, he might have uh, that number might be short. They might come in 30, 40 percent over that if, if, if they do what they normally do every year and just crush what Wall Street thinks they're going to do. So that could be even more momentum. So that's a great stat. But but the reason that the, the stock can move is because they always undercut it and then they have to go higher after the print happens and then they raise estimates. So that's why then the, the stock has to go get run up and it, everyone chases it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm and that's it. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. I was just going to say th th that's, that's what I'm looking for is that chase, right? The uh, analyst upgrades that happen um, with like, let's say we get that catalyst of uh, the uh, credit upgrade for, for the bonds of Tesla. So if, if, if then you start getting more money flowing in and you have this effect um, that that's what 2020 was like. And I think Gary Black was tweeting about this earlier on that, that, that it's like the second coming of, of that chase. Yeah. I, I'm interviewing James Stevenson this weekend. And the kind of questions I'm trying to think of is like, is there a correlation between the analyst estimates and the stock price? But it's probably lagging. <laughs> but could you go, whatever the analysts say, I'm going to put a 4x multiple to it. And that's what the real stock price is because they're always wrong, right? <laughs> but why? Yeah, they're always wrong. They're always wrong. <laughs> Their estimates are always light. I think they're starting to get a little better, but they're always behind and they always have to revise it. So it's based on their estimate of earnings, which is right. based so it, on their estimate yeah, of volume me, production, right? Right. <laughs> So let me give you a quick example, though. This is good for the audience. Yeah. So let's say that um, Wall Street, I think they had pegged Tesla earnings for this year, 2022, at like $10 or $8. It looks like it's going to come in 12. It might come in 14 because they have a $2 billion uh, tax credit. You know, James uh, Stevenson spoke about this. So that could be another two. But they could end the year near 13, 14. So as you get more earnings, the multiple compresses. So if you have a $14 stock price and you put like, you know, uh, the multiple on it that, you know, right now is a hundred, you have a $1,400 stock price, right? Cause they're expecting the beginning of the year was like eight, then it went to 10. Now it's like 12. So they're always playing catch up. And then they're playing catch up with the stock price because as the earnings go up and the multiple, even if it contracts a little, the stock price is going higher. And I think that's what we always find out. And that's what frustrates us as Tesla investors because we're always, we know it's about to happen and they don't. So then they play catch up and we're like, come on, we already know, like get the stock price moving, but it, it takes a while. And that's where patience comes in, uh, especially being a Tesla investor. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be revisiting this and saying the same thing over and over and over again uh, because I don't get it. Like they can do the numbers just like you. And I guess that's what Gary Black is doing, right? That's what Adam Jonas is doing. They're kind of looking forward and they, are aware of the gigafactory production numbers. And is there anybody doubting at this point with Texas built and Germany built? It's no longer if these factories will be built, 
and they're already producing small numbers. But then at that point, you can kind of like, you know, have high confidence they're going to produce high numbers next year. Why can't they do what I say, the straight line? <laughs> Art analysts have calculators or what is going going on i'll here. let vander go but real quick no they do doubt analysts do doubt the competition is coming that's still right. a thing i hear the the, the you know the maki the, the lightning all this stuff right. and they're still not scaling but no that is still in the back mind of people and people that don't follow tesla day to day and all they know is tesla sells electric cars and that's some investors total rationale when they buy a stock literally they might not know anything other than that so when you don't know the story um, you know, that's why the buying and selling day to day and you don't get the rally because you're like, why is the stock moving? Because we know what's about to happen. And, you know, so, yeah, I still think there's a lot of doubters. There's a lot of analysts that have price targets right where we are now. So I'd love to hear what Xander has to say. Xander, you have to uh, mute on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep shutting it off because I'm, I'm feedback. I would be feedbacking. My, uh, my headset isn't connected. But anyway, um, the. Uh, what I was going to say is that it's it's Elon, right? Elon said it. The retail investor understands this company better than the analysts. And, you know, to not take questions, I think, from uh, for the uh, shareholder meeting, um, if I'm not mistaken, they, they didn't take uh, on say.com questions from the uh, from analysts. Uh, they did. They did on, on the meeting on the phone. But um, uh, but I could be wrong. But uh, either way, I, I think that. Um, they're always doubting what Tesla is capable of. Um, you know, like the semi coming out now is uh, is a little bit of a surprise, right? I thought Cybertruck was coming first. And then they're like, nope, here you go. Here's, you know, and which is indicating that uh, the 4680s, they're going to have enough supply to start, um, you know, feeding those batteries, uh, those battery packs. So you're, you're talking what, like 800 or, or 900 um kilowatts for uh uh for, for those packs right they're, they're huge so how many 4680s is that right like we were uh steven mark ryan did a um a breakdown of that five billion dollars of nickel uh which is what's what's going into the semi and cyber truck um how many cars that would be and he said it was something like eight million and uh and i was like well yeah but that's assuming like the average current which is like a hundred verse or it's even less but let's say it's about 100 well i'm like well if it's going into semis and cyber trucks i don't think that math is 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 that accurate um but it's still a lot so um i i think that the analysts that that are modeling it are they even looking at semi are they looking at uh what what cyber truck is going to do are they modeling in energy which if you're going to now create this influx of 4680s with panasonic and CATL and all of those guys uh, uh, bringing, you know, ma manufacturing those, I believe, in 23. So now you're going to have the 2170s. Where's that going? And so uh, energy might be huge, right? We saw those pictures of all those mega packs sitting uh, uh, ready for delivery. So I think it's uh, it's grossly underestimated. Yeah. So see, see, seeing 20, I think, is going to be easy for next year. And I, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, if you guys have some numbers on, yeah. in your mind for next year. Is it 25, 30? Yeah, first of all, Xander, they don't need to, I don't expect them to have to model in um, semi, cyber truck, or energy. 
I just want them to model in car production properly. Just do that. And I'm sure this stop doubt. Stop doubting the numbers, right? Stop doubting that they can get to one You're already producing. Yeah. You know, one point. We hit nine hundred. Is that a fact number? We hit nine hundred forty something thousand dollar cars, and you know we're going to hit right. two million run rate by December. Do right. they believe that that's going to happen? And if it is, then you do your math and you try to figure out the PE ratio just on car production. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I agree so, with you, Herbert. I mean, it's units. Yeah. yeah. Okay, units, so units, units. Mm -hmm. We were talking about there, why do institutions, and we're talking about analysts here, why do institutions under-own Tesla? And uh, so I'm going to share here a, uh, a tweet from Gary Black again. Here's our favorite analyst here, it looks like. And uh, <laughs> he's the only one. I thought that it was Kathy. <laughs> what? No. no, 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 no. So he, he <laughs> tweeted this, um, but basically he says that as per Bloomberg, Tesla is way under-owned by institutions versus the other mega caps. So if you look at the percentage of institutions who hold uh, these mega cap shares, 62% of institutions own Apple. 75% have Microsoft. 85% own Google. 71% own Amazon, 80% um, own Meta. Only 44% of institutions own Tesla. That That's old. What, what date is that? This is very recent. I mean, I'm so, talking- So that, that, that changed. Um, apparently, it's, last I saw it was about 54% is institutionally owned. And that's actually what I wanted to bring up is that there's been a change. Um, where it used to be 40% was, uh, was retail, uh, oh, sorry, was, uh, was institution, and you had um, 60 was, was retail, and now that's shifted. And that's actually what's been happening, right? You have the weak hands of, of the longs uh, letting go of their shares because they're so worried, and, and, and that's, that's what... Uh, You're actually yeah, saying that I think it's actually a, a good thing that retail, because if you look at the opposite, which is the percentage of retail holders of a mega cap, Tesla has the highest, right? We have um, the highest percentage of retail ownership of the mega Yes, and, and that's good for, that's good for stability, right? If you're going to have a bunch of retail traders that aren't getting in and out, that's very good for stock stability. You start getting institutional money. Now there's two types, right? There's the hedge funds that are, that are riding the waves and they're selling off. Um, or there's like the, um, you know, uh, retirement funds that they buy it and, and they, they don't, they, they don't change, right? They, they don't, they're not trying to time the market. So uh, in my opinion, I think that you're, it's, it's good to have retail that just goes very, very long, but that's shifting, which I don't think is good. I think what you've seen during the dip, retail has been selling and the institutions have been buying the retail panic in Tesla. That's what's occurring. That's why the switch has come over. The, the, the retail that wanted to get in Tesla, maybe the new investors that bought it when, you know, not back in 2019 before it made its big run and they didn't really have big gains or understand the story, they've been panicked out and, and, and institutions that maybe have done a little bit more homework or, you know, they've, they've been buying it up at those lower, you know, 600 to 700 price ranges. So with the stock split coming up, that's shocking that the percentage of uh, retail holdings of a mega cap, Tesla is number one, 
which is the highest percentage. And that's before a stock split. So wouldn't the stock split make it even more, right? Well, I saw stat. Yeah, I saw stat on CNBC and it said Tesla, it beat the SPY, which is just the broad S&P 500. The individual investor in August, or and it's been Tesla has been the most bought security by the individual investor. And then the SPY was number two. And then there was different, you know, different things. But that shows you the power lately of Tesla being bought up by by just investors in general and just the the individual investors, maybe high net worth individuals and, and even, you know, re, re, lower retail investors. But but I think accumulation mode has been going on. So I think with the stock split, with a possible, if we talk about the credit upgrade and and the record Q3 and 4 and that earnings power validating, so I still think we're in a prove it to me market, meaning Okay. The market wants to see the earnings. They're not just going to ride Tesla up to 1200 Herbert, like, like they did before, and we know you're going to do it. No, they want to see the proof in three and four to give it that valuation where if you put up a 14 and, you know, you can put an 80 multiple on it and you can do the math and, you know, you got a multi-trillion dollar stock. So, so Christian, what do you think about this, um, this idea with the, you know, the bull market that we've re-entered? Um, is that is it time for a pullback? Because it, it I'm so confused and uh, you know about the macros um, yeah. and the spy and and Nasdaq and all of that going, and then there's Tesla. So it's like macro wise, I, I I say it's time for a pullback. Like we we need we need it to drop down a little bit. But then with Tesla stock split and then the credit upgrade and then Q3 deliveries, like there's just so much coming for right. I'm like how do I how do I try to and I so so that's where I'm like do I just stop trying to time the market just buy it and just, just you know stop trying to get fancy and stop yeah. giving the shares back to <laughs> uh stop giving the shares back to uh, institutional yeah uh, so let me answer that real quick that's a great point so I'm bullish I've been bullish while everybody has been predicting in the end of the world I've been saying no you want to be buying here the end of the world already happened inflation's okay. coming down Commodities are rolling down. Every talking head on CNBC is still saying, you know, we could test the lows. You know, we can drop another 10, 15 percent. They want retail to sell to them at lower prices. OK, so I wouldn't buy any of that. So this is just my opinion. I think inflation is going to come down. It's going to come down hard. And even if it comes down slower, if you own a company like Tesla and they're about to deliver earnings like we've never seen before and just kill expectations. And we could see it happening, right? We, we can see the units. We can see the deliveries out of Shanghai. We could see Fremont, you know, ramping. Uh, we, we can see everything. We could see Texas now coming on strong. So if we know that's coming, I don't know why you would want to be defensive in that situation. If you want to have some cash on the side to buy maybe some, some dips, but you want to have a meaningful position now, I think, because once that thing goes and you can't time it, once that split, you know, it's up 6% in pre-market and you're going to have to go chase it, right? Once the institutions decide, like they did in 2020, we're going to buy it, boom, and the hammer comes down, it's going to go and then you're going to have to go chase it. So it's what I always say. I say it's better to sit inside of it, be patient, wait, don't play. I'm not playing the game right now, in and out, in and out. I think that game's a loser's game right now. I think you want to build your position and become the patient investor and the intelligent investor and let the story play out. <sighs> Sounds great. <laughs> Christian, always make me laugh. 
Tell me, come back to me when you're, when you're, tell me when your portfolio is more than 50% Tesla. It is. It is. What? It is. Okay. What? What did that happen? Breaking news. It is. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> did you sell any lemonade, Christian? <laughs> a, a little bit. I did some profit taking. Wow. You, <laughs> it, you sold lemonade because you're such, so Not bullish. all of it. I had a bit, I had a nice size position compared to probably most people with a, with a, a market cap of a billion or two. I, I had a big position on, so I trimmed some of it because it had run. It literally doubled. You know, it went from a stock price of 16. Now, I didn't buy it all. I bought it in the 18 to 22 area, a lot of it, but it ran up to 32. So it's been, it's like 29, 30 now. So I just took a little chips off the table and put some and back in Tesla. Okay. All right. That's, because see, that, that's, that's what I want to know. Lemonade, <laughs> I, got, I got time for lemonade, but, but Tesla... Tesla, I could value better than Lemonade right now. Lemonade, long term, could be a great story, but it's still in the beginning. It's not earning any money. There's no, it's hard to value it. But but Tesla is the big dog, yeah. and I'm over fifty percent. You should be happy. I'm very happy. Thank you. I don't have to bug you anymore. Okay, you, no. you can join the bull club finally. But uh, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Lemonade. I I bought Metro Mile. Uh, Lemonade oh. bought Metro Mile Insurance. Right. I guess yeah. my question yeah. to you is like, you know, I get it. I get why Lemonade is going to succeed, and they're beyond just auto insurance. But it, Tesla has insurance. They have a better model than Metro Mile. <laughs> I'm going to jump to Tesla Insurance immediately, even though Metro Mile already gives me the best pricing that right. all, compared to others. But you so, own you own a Tesla. I, what about all those other guys? Yeah. I, okay. Right. So, okay. so as Andrew's right, I'll just respond to it real quick. You're absolutely right. And I've had that same thought, but not every car on the road is going to be a Tesla. So other cars will need <laughs> They're insurance. not bullish again. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm being realistic. You know, it might take 20 years. So Lemonade in the next decade could do well. So if they even get like, you know, insurance is, you know, I don't want to make this a Lemonade call, but basically, you know, they might get some Teslas because if you have a Tesla right now, and you know you have home insurance, you have life insurance with Lemonade. They might give you a similar deal to Tesla. I'm just saying. So that, you know, I know Tesla's going to get ninety, probably percent of it. But but Lemonade has a lot of other cars and a lot of other avenues they can go for. So okay. yeah, yeah, I'll just but leave it Christian, they, 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 I, I don't agree with you because why? Tesla has your your data from how you drive and safety score, right? Where you get cheaper insurance. The, the, nobody can compete with that. Nobody. Right. right. They but don't, Lemonade they don't have, does the... have telematics yeah. from the Metro Mile. That's what they do. Telematics. So they have been Metro Mile has been in business for lots of years and they use that data from the billions of miles that Metro Mile has used. That was why it's a great deal for Lemonade that they can use now in those cars and then they can cross sell it like 23 percent of their sales last quarter was cross selling. So if they have renters or home, now they get the pet and now they get the life. And now they get the car. So you don't have any incremental cost for customer cu customer acquisition. And you could, you could grow premiums without marketing it because now you already have the customer. And now you could sell three different lines because they've just now got all the lines and you could do all the bundling. So I'm just saying long term, Lemonade could be a beast of a company. Let's get off of Lemonade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Off yeah. of Lemonade. <laughs> lemonade. I, I want to highlight something real quick. Uh, is that is that with the stock split? Um, I have a question. Do we think that it's going to perform completely differently than Amazon and Google? Because now we're out of the bear market. Uh, and I don't know if that's on your agenda, Herbert. So yeah. sorry to interrupt. No, 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 it could. It yeah. could. 
No, let me answer that. That's a great, that's what I've been thinking because we are coming out and we're in a little bit of a more of a, a better macro with inflation coming down. I do think now the stock split could be a little bit more impactful because people are getting a little bit more bullish, right? It's still very negative. Like I said, everything I read, I, I'm on Twitter spaces. I hear, uh, you know, spaces going on. The negativity, we're going back to test the lows. The bulls are getting ahead of themselves. This isn't for real. You'll have better opportunities. I hear this like a drum roll. So to me, I'm thinking, okay, they've missed it. So if this keeps going, this could go for a while because all the everyone that's on the sidelines is going to have to pile in. Christian, because they're they, they're not there. Yes, it's sir. August 16. The split's happening on August 25. Tomorrow's August 17. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> when is this magical jump in stock price going to happen? Or like Friday. you're going to well, say, it already did. It already happened. Friday. Some of it. We went from 620 to <laughs> we were at 940. We're up. 50 percent i'm past that <laughs> what have you me. done for me lately yeah. what have you done for me <laughs> lately? we your... literally moved 50 percent off the low in a couple of months now it you got in at higher levels so it's not what? feeling so good but if you got in at 600 you know 650 680 you're feeling really good right now. So you have to say you know, that, didn't you? You just don't have to poo-poo this round. Burn. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> All right, but moving on, Herbert. Go ahead. All right. Oh God. So we're still just having a little fun, Herbert. Oh, yeah, sure you are. <laughs> I'm the one making fun of you, buddy. Let's make let's be clear. Let's be clear. I like My to give it back a little bit. I like to give it back really well. But okay, so we're back to institutions. Why are institutions underowning Tesla? So Gary Black had a tweet just less than a day, uh, 23 hours ago. <laughs> and he said, here's the reasons. Um, number one is key man risk. There's no CEO succession. Here's why he thinks that institutions are under owning Tesla. Um, capital allocation. I don't really understand this one. Cash building up. And Bitcoin. I don't understand why. I guess they're afraid of the fact that they're not yeah. using the capital better. <laughs> why would you not invest no. if you? Okay. Twitter overhang makes a lot of sense. More Tesla sales. Oh, more, more for Elon might have to sell more Tesla shares. And then it's a distraction. They think that FSD is overhyped. But again, why did he put this in if he himself does not even track FSD yet? I doubt the institutions would. Uh, new EV competition coming. Okay, clearly, and not investment grade about to change. So why do you think, guys, that institutions not is under owning Tesla? So it could be a lot of those reasons. I looked at that and I think most of those have been put to the side, like the Bitcoin thing. We, we sold that, that right now. That's not an issue. All the other stuff, the key. I mean, I'll give you a very simple answer, and this might not be very um, eloquent, but I'll just be blunt. I think Tesla is under owned by the institutions because they don't know what's happening. That's number one. They don't understand the Tesla story. That's very simplified. They don't believe that Tesla will become the largest manufacturer of automobiles in the next three to five years. That's number one. And number two, I think some um, big money is scared because Elon is Elon. And yeah. they have a hard time devoting maybe huge amounts of capital to Elon because I don't feel this way, but I'll just say it, maybe some behavior that could be questionable. I think those are the two main reasons. But as we will see, 
the earnings will come through, the power of this company will occur, and all that will be pushed to the side, and the stock will go up, and the valuation will, will, will grow when, when they see uh, proof in the pudding. Where's, where's the number seven bullet point that says that they're all bought by oil? <laughs> <laughs> that was left out. That 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 there was that was too character limited, huh? He couldn't fit that in. Um, yeah, I I, I think uh, you know the whole key man risk thing is is adorable. Um, I, I I think a lot of the the next what ten years, it, they have so many products on their on their docket or in their pipeline that they, that they still haven't gotten to that. I think Tesla could grow to be a $10 trillion company before you need to worry about, uh, you know, innovation and additional products. So even if there's no CEO, okay. I mean, what's he doing in the CEO role really? I mean, even, even he said it on, on the shareholder meeting that your, uh, his role would be in products and efficiency. So, um, I, I'm not going to go through the list and, and stuff the screen, but uh, overall, why don't they own it? Um, I just think that there's a lot of, I think there's still a lot of hate for Elon and there's like a personal thing. I was just listening to a Twitter space this morning. I won't throw the, the, the institutional person under the bus, but uh, he said like the, he mentioned the key man risk and, and how Tesla's done without Elon. And, and so I think that, you know, Gary Black bringing that up and that being listed number one is really like the, the biggest one. Like they're, they give them credit for, for getting it done, but then they also say that, oh, it can't keep, you know, like it can't keep going if, if, he, if he's out of the picture. And for me, um, I, I just don't see it anymore. I think that, that Tesla, the company, the fundamental business, it's not like some, uh, it, it, he kept calling him, what's that? Not no Ringling Brothers, but he called him something, uh, th that guy that, um, P.T. Barnum. Uh, he called him P.T. Barnum. And I was like, what? Like he's, he's a fraud and he's, uh, he's, uh, you know, tricking people into coming into the sideshow of a, of a company. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't put too much uh, stock into it. I think that there's just other opportunities that, that they don't want to put all their eggs in their basket, but then you're seeing, uh, right. Soros put a whole bunch of money in, uh, to, to Tesla. There's other things where there's other big, big billions of dollars flowing into Tesla. So I think it's just a you know matter of time before they figure it out. Yeah. So, in one sense, this is a good news, right? Because if this is the case that invest institutions are underholding it, then there's a potential opportunity. But to what extent does that matter? To what extent does it that if they start to invest, we're going to start seeing the stock price rise significantly? Um, you know, we talk about and we're all excited about the investment grade credit rating because now more of these whales, institutional whales, might be able to invest. And yet we kind of like, oh, it's okay. If, invest, if these institutions don't invest, we don't need them. We got the retailers are going to be here. How, to what extent do we no. need institutions to invest? No, that, that Herbert, that, I mean, you're asking the question. I, I would, I disagree with that question completely. You oh, need, yeah. Me too. you need institutions. Oh. Retail can't do it alone. The stock's too big. It's a $900 billion market cap. Okay. Here's why you need, stocks don't magically go up. Just for the audience. No? I think most of them know <laughs> it. They're very sophisticated. Stocks don't just magically go up. You need, it's, it's a supply and demand like everything else. Mm -hmm. You have people selling, you have people buying. You need the buying pressure to be greater than the selling pressure. And if you really want it to go up, you need the buying pressure to be way greater 
than the selling pressure. And that only happens with money coming in, people getting new to the story or, or thinking it's a great investment and, and putting their dollars in huge amounts to push up the stock price. That's the only way it happens. So absolutely, we want every institution to be part of Tesla. We want people that don't own it to become owners. That's how you move the stock price up. Absolutely. It won't work otherwise. Yeah, I same boat. I disagree with uh, the, your setup of a question as usual. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a good chat. Um, I, I think that like, like, look at, look at bed, bath and beyond, right? 75% in a day. What, what, what is like, like let's look at the market. Don't cap compare of, Tesla to no, bed, no, I'm not comparing. Please. I'm not comparing. I'm making a Herbert, point. I should have right? bought that months ago when you said I was buying bed, bath and beyond. I'm an idiot. It's a so, dead cat bounce. Let's not talk. So, so look, it's, it's $1.65 $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. billion market cap, right? So 75%. Do you think retail had had uh, a, a quick billy laying around to uh, to move it that much? No, that's, that's institution money, right? That's hedge funds doing that. It's not retail that's going meme stock. That's all uh, like, like news headlines blame the retail uh, stimulus check by. That's not who moved all that with GameStop or AMC. Um, it's it's institutional. So we, we really need them to figure it out at some point. But, uh, you know, with that comes a lot of uh, volatility. Uh, so that's just right. to be expected. You know, we're used to it. Let's go there. What will it take for the institutional investor to figure it out? So at least people like Gary Black figured it out. What about all the others? JP Morgan, dude, is like <laughs> analyst has, has has Tesla. At oh, don't use him. He's like he's as good as uh, as as Gordon over here. Her okay, Herbert, don't, Herbert, don't don't have the amnesia. They figured it out before. It was a forty billion dollar market cap, and it went to one point two trillion. We, 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 we paired back. Tesla's had moments where they haven't done much. It's been a couple of years. We're at the same stock price as we were at the beginning of 21. It's going on 18 months now, and we haven't seen much of a stock. We were at 880 in December of 20. We haven't done anything for, for a year and a half. And, the, and now the earnings is about to come through. So here's where the patience uh, comes in. So the next move will happen. They'll get it. They got it before. That, that, that that 20x move wasn't done by retail alone. Institutional money came in. It probably went from 20, 30% and it went up to 40, 45 and it moved it up. And now we're going even up higher. The next you're, you're run. You're confusing me. Oh, okay. You're yeah. confusing me because are you saying that institutional invest, investors are day traders, that they're the number one reason why it went up to 1200 in January? And then they're the number one reason why it fell back because they no, got looped? No, what I'm saying is institutions got on the on retail owned the stock in 2019. Institutions okay. in 20 came on the bandwagon and rolled it up. Okay. Institutions sold off Tesla when right. the Bitcoin came and Elon was doing this and he's doing Twitter okay. and I'm selling shares. Okay. Institutions dumped the shares and now the story's looking good again. So they're going to come back because they want to make money. Okay, now you saved yourself. That makes sense to me. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad I saved myself. <laughs> but, but, That's but, yeah. usually what happens. I sound like an idiot. And I always have to save myself. No, I, I'm the idiot. I'm, I'm kidding. Just trying I'm to understand. A joke. It's sarcasm. I'm trying to catch you on a logic, you know, 
leap of the You year. never do, Herbert. I you haven't catched me on one logic yet. I will. The one will, time buddy. you do, I'm going to give you a lot of credit. You haven't done it yet. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll get you one day. I'll get you one day. <sighs> All right. You will. All right. So, Xander, uh, let's go to the segment called Bulls in Training. There's a new segment. So we're going to like mm. teach people just some basic stuff. People like me, right? I don't know these things. And uh, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot from you too. But uh, let's start with the easy one, right? Let's go with why is the 200-day moving average the metric to follow? I get it. It's the average of what the stock has been for the last 200 days. That's a long, lengthy period of time. How many months is that? Three? Uh, no, 30 six? times six is 180. Six months. Okay, thank you. Over six. <laughs> Step one. Math. No so lesson, lesson one. Six, six Arithmetic. Months. Well, why isn't it the 180 day moving average? Why is it the 200 well, day? Well, that's why it. Does it that, Tell me. That, it's Herbert, the that's 50, exactly it's what the I was 200. It doesn't really matter, but, but Xander, you could speak to it. Go ahead. Tell him. Yeah, I was just going to say, why is it 200, right? Because that's what's been decided. Um, it's a nice round number. It's a nice long enough period of time. So that's what uh, people have on their charts, right? Like why or it's per, think about like the 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 frequency traders or the, um, you know, the algorithms, right? Algorithmic trading. So the quants, they're trading off of pre-programmed things. So when they see... Uh, you know, a certain variables uh, trigger that that's when they change direction. So like on a day like today, you know, they, they got over the 200 day moving average, they went up. And then if you look, uh, and I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier, um, I, I believe I did. So, so 908, it just turned around. Uh, e everyone could do this. You can go to your, uh, your, like I use Webull just, just to screen the stocks and uh, you, there's a there's a thing called indicators. There, you can go to indicators, and you're gonna you're gonna see two types. There's gonna be EMA, which is exponential moving average, and there's MA, which is moving average. And then there's a little settings tab. You can go in the little settings tab and select which ones you want to see. So I like uh, like the, the I hear people talk about the nine day moving average, the twenty or the twenty one, and then the two hundred's a big one, the fifty's a big one, one fifty, a hundred, all of those round ones. But the two hundred specifically is just one that's uh, con considered when you're trading below it, you're, uh, it's a you know good time to buy. When you're really far away from it, that's a really bad time. That's when the market's frothy. So like if you look at that line, um, when we were at 1200 the first time, you are very, very far away. And in our previous uh, chats, we've talked about this, that like, uh, and I've just flown right over it. So it's, it's great that we're doing this uh, kind of simplify things uh, for, uh, for the real beginners. Not that I'm much more of much more than a, a novice I myself. Look at the stock and I go, yeah, it went up by 30%. Why do I need to look at the 200 moving? Day? What's a magical thing? About because it, tell, it tells a story, right? It tells a story of what's been happening. When, when If you look at like Apple's price action and you see that that was like the last domino to fall to start dropping to the 130s and now it's back in the 170s, right? Which was its previous uh, uh, or near its uh, all-time high. So like that story is much different than, uh, you know, a stock that's been beat up 80%. And so as a basis of comparison of how the price or how the sentiment of the market is, 
that's that's where you can see it. And so now that we're at the 200 day, it's just it's a pivot point. It's where, uh, uh, you know, funds or uh, institutions or retail traders, whoever might decide, OK, now now it's real. It's it's the it's a bull run. We're over that average. We're going to we're going to keep going. Or they might decide, no, you know what? It's it's too much stuff happening. We're going to pull our money. Um, so th that's my opinion. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think, Xander, you hit it at the end there. I think the more important is other people look at it. So if other people are looking at it, making decisions okay. based on it, then mm -hmm. if you're looking at it, you can kind of get some. So since it's important to others, it's important to you. But you're right, Herbert. You Day to day, no one, you don't need to look at the SMA, the simple moving averages. I look at it, but I don't trade on technicals. But when like the 200, you break the 200 and then you break the 50. And if the 200 crosses the 50, that's called like the golden cross, right? And that that means we could be bullish. It okay. don't always work. Maybe it works six or seven. Oh, go ahead. Pause, pause for that. Okay, let's let explain the golden cross. So when the 200 moving average crosses the 50-day moving average, what? It's called the golden cross, and that's tech, it's considered a, a bullish signal. It, where it, when the 50- English, English. So when the 200 moving day <laughs> stock price crosses yes. the 50-day, you just have Maybe to look at a chart. I, above it. Right. The, okay. the stock is usually moving higher, and that's a yeah. bullish indicator. And just Plain. real quick, the, re the reverse is the death cross. When the 50 crosses down over the 200, that's a bearish indicator. Well, so Plain to me in English. So in the 200-day average, meaning <laughs> the average of the stock price has been in the last six months has now yeah. higher than what the average of the stock has been in the last 50 days. That's a right. big deal because... It momentum it's moving up people are, are accumulating they're buying it right, right? It's like you know higher than the, last the, the stock's days. moving in the right direction wouldn't it be the other way around i'm so confused if it was 50 days well, well it's higher than the last 200 that means it's momentum well well right. think about think about it like this in the 200 days you might have had a, a it might have been going up then it started coming back down now it's going back up where in the 50 days would just encompass the going back up phase, right? So you would you would see the average price that, okay. that you would go across the 50 days. When you total that divided by 50, you're going to see a certain number. So when you compare that 50-day average to that big 200, you have speed, right? It's just like the, the, uh, the speed with which it moves through that um, the only time that those numbers will average out is if, if over that shorter duration, it, it had a lot of uh, energy behind it. Okay. So because today you said that the Tesla stock hit the 200 moving day average, went above that. So are we in a golden cross? Is this momentum? No, I only think it's been the, over the, the 200. It, uh, hasn't it been over all that? It, it, it did. It crossed it at 908 or over the 900. And then okay. it dipped right back below it. When we hit 940, it was over. But then it dipped back under. So now we're going back up and retesting it. And then this morning we did, and then we came back down. So, But, but it didn't get below 200. It tapped it literally within a dollar. And and then bounce. So um, that's good, right? So now if tomorrow we we have a nine hundred and fifty dollar day or nine seventy five, right? Now now you're seeing that two hundred becomes the support, and that's what you want to see. Is you want to see that the sentiment of institution and retail is to take Tesla up. Not how not, accurate not so is these ago. technicals? It sounds like to me you're just basically matching the line between the Sagittarius and Aquarius <laughs> astrology <laughs> numbers. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> 
So, so however, you're right. I don't use it to trade. I, I based on fundamentals and what I feel the market uh, cycles are, what's the Fed. I, I kind of use the more of the macro with the fundamentals. I'm not a big technical trader, but technicals can give you just another piece of information to see if your thesis is your fundamental. And then you can match it up with some technicals if they both look like they're, they're aligning. That's just another signal for you that you're on the right path. But you're right. It's an astrological thing. I'm not a big technical guy. It works maybe 60% of the time. You know, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a big proponent of it, but I'm, we were just kind of giving the audience a little bit of a, a, a thing, but I would, I would ask the audience, if you're going to do anything technically, learn it really well, dig into it, study it like everything else. And, and, and if you're going to do that approach, understand what you're doing. We, we well, had Jeffrey on as a guest bull last week and he asked the question, he said, matters mostly where it closes versus intraday. Well, why does that matter? <laughs> correct. Well, well, what he's saying is, is that intra, intraday, it's yeah. not as important as that, remember, that daily moving average. Oh, gotcha. right? uh, The daily so, moving so, average. So the whole day is, the whole candle where it closes is more important okay. than what it does throughout the day. So today closed above it. That's a big deal. We, we want it to close above the 200 uh, moving average. But what I want to say about the sentiment thing, how many people right now listening or in the, in, 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 on, on YouTube, um, or listening, how many are sitting on the sidelines still holding that bag of cash that they sold off or the new money that they got? And they're like, huh, I'm going to put it. No, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. It's going to come back down. It's going to come back down. Right. And they, they, they just sit there and they don't do anything. And th that for an investor shouldn't matter you should just right this is the dollar cost averaging as soon as you get cash you put it in you're not you're not trying to time the market but um it, it's just one piece of the story think about how many other ways uh other traders out there there's different styles there's a day trader the swing trader the you know like there's the the institutional funds the retail fund there's different ways there's guys that are looking at uh, you know, Bollinger Bands or Bollinger Bands, however you pronounce it. And there's there's different indicators. Some guys use stuff like uh, Mochi Cloud. I don't even know what they're called. I'm like, Mochi Cloud, delicious. <laughs> like, Mochis are like little clouds. You know, so, so, so uh, yeah, I just think it's one piece of the puzzle. Uh, for me, uh, over the last three years, it's been really important to kind of understand a little bit of everything, which has really helped my... Uh, broad knowledge and understanding how others trade helps me make decisions or, you know, just realize that there's too many variables and don't try to, uh, you know, be fancy yeah. when, you know, you look at an S like a SPIVA report where, uh, which is the S&P 500 looks over the last 10 years or 20 years of uh, how uh, those fancy day traders underperform, <laughs> right? They underperform every single index fund investor over history. So it's, it's, it's just one thing. So you are you are correct. You are and, Xander, Not that we, we, and Xander, real quick, this is important for the audience. I got to say this. We've been talking about this for a million Twitter spaces. You Remember your technicals, not yours, but people were saying, I want to own Tesla at 550. I want to own it at 520. The, the technicals say we're... And I said, no, 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 no. Don't do that. If right. you like Tesla, it's 50% on sale. Start buying shares. We talked about this until I was blue in the face and I'm still going to talk about it. Technicals could be your worst friend because it's saying it's going to hit 550. You're yes. never, they never owned Tesla if they were waiting for 550. And guess where we are now? We're at 920. 
So nice. you want to own Tesla at 920 or did you want to own it at 620? Because you didn't get your magical 550 on the brake line and this line. And, you know, so I'm 100% there with Herbert. If you see value, start buying it. Don't wait for some technical trigger that says, oh, I got it at my 568. Bad strategy, okay. terrible investing. I had to say it. That's a funny comment, Herbert. Um, <laughs> on I like the bottom it. of the screen. Um, we have a comment so yes, from one of the yes. audience members. It says, Willie? If we, wait, uh, Xander has to set it up. We got an uh, audience member says, if we get the golden cross, will Xander shave his beard? Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. funny. The, the answer is yes. I, I, I'm uh, I'm building a, another uh, location. So uh, I said, in order to, well, this is going to get so itchy, I'm going to have to finish it faster so I can stop streaming from the car and just be in the office. But uh, but yes, I'm I'm happy to uh, <laughs> to to play along if if we get that golden cross. Let's right. I'll it. shave we, it for you. So we've just uh, uh, determined that all three of us agreed that everything that uh, Xander does every day with looking at technicals is a total waste of time. <laughs> but we'll, well, just, well, hold we'll on, just hold on! It. Don't make me defend the the, the technical <laughs> trade. Remember those selling of those puts? which yeah, gets yeah, me, money me money to put back into Tesla stock. Right. Yeah, 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 it's very important. I forgot, you made me 25 grand, I forgot. <laughs> very important. <laughs> Sorry. You know, the cool thing about my role as a host is that uh, I can play dumb, but I'm only doing that because I'm trying to create the conversation. But sometimes trigger, really you're trying to trigger. And you guys don't know it. So that's, I get to play. I can just like, you don't know if I'm really dumb. I can't tell. Who can't tell? <laughs> <sighs> well, I was going to ask job. you what is a put and what's a call, but I don't know. I think we spent a little too much time on <laughs> options when we all figured out. We could do that another Use week. Yeah, it's useless. <laughs> Waste of time. But, but, re but really quick, I, I want to make sure that, that everyone like kind of figures this out. This technical stuff, it just kind of depends, right? If your reason for me it was important, it's because I'm evolving as a as an investor. Uh, most of the position is long. I don't have to do anything. It's like uh, like Christian says at at six six fifty seven hundred eight hundred nine hundred. Just buy, just buy and go long. And in you know, if if you look at the math, I think next year if you have a twenty dollar earnings per share and you give it a one hundred multiple, that's a two thousand dollar stock. So you know, um, but if you're selling calls and you're uh, se selling puts, right? Selling a put just means that you are willing to purchase the stock at a certain price. So, okay, uh, okay? is that difficult to understand? Our, our lawyers just called and he asked me to repeat the statement. None of anything you heard today is financial <laughs> advice. We are three friends shooting the breeze. None of us know what's happening at all. <laughs> We're just having fun. <laughs> But but the educational yeah. portion of it, right? We can't but, we can't talk about yeah. and, and to Xander's point, let me I like to play it a little conservative. Let's say they do 20, which I think is conservative. I think they'll do more in the 20 to, to 24 range. Let's just put an 80 multiple on it or a 70 multiple on it. You still got a 14, 15, 1600 dollars stock. You're still going to make 50, 60, 70% of your money in a very short time. To get yeah. this 70 multiple, why is it not 17, which is what the average company right. 
This is why, because they're growing earnings 100% year over year. When is the world going to figure out that these multiples should be at 70 or 100 or whatever it is? They're not as smart as us. If it goes from 12 to 24 or 20, that's 80% EPS growth. So if you gave a 70 multiple, you're you're trading at a peg less than one, which is cheap. So What's a peg? What do you mean peg? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Price to earnings to growth. The better way to explain it is not that there we should we should have a multi, a pe multiple of 70 the way i explain it to my friends and family is that is that when the earnings double and they double and they double what happens to whatever pe ratio it is it will half and it'll half and it'll half and that's sort of better to way to do it at some point it doesn't it, it will get to the 17 pe ratio if everything stays the same here, yeah, but Herbert, the way I'm explaining it's a little better because the stock's not going to, if the stocks do, I mean, if the, if the company's growing EPS like that, the stock's not going to stay still, we hope. The investors eventually are going to get hit upside the head and it's going to move. So that's why you want to like look forward and make sure that you're paying a decent valuation. So if you're right. getting involved in Tesla and don't understand how to value it, it's going to be hard for you to hold it if it goes down or it's going to be hold for you to, to hold it as it rockets up because you think it's going to you know have a pullback. But if you could look out a year or two and say, well, what do I think this company is going to earn? And let me put a conservative market multiple on it with its earnings growth. If you could just do that simple thing, it's not hard. If you could just understand that, you could understand that if it went to 1100 or 1200, it still has more to go. And you could understand that I don't want to liquidate this position because it could be you know, a $2,000 stock, a $3,000 stock, you know, a two to three years out. And I don't want to liquidate that position. So it's important to understand how forward multiples work and how peg ratios work, which is price to earnings to the growth of the earnings over a period of time. So for the audience, go ahead, Herbert. Okay. (sighs) Get the Google out. Let's get to a fun part of the show, hopefully. Bulls in training still. Uh, but let's share some investment advice, although this is not investment advice. Not advice. V- financial not advice. Quotes. Not advice. I got a lot of quotes. Quotes. So I know that Christian is a stoic bull. He's always tweeting out all these quotes. <laughs> and I asked him and Xander to come up with this quote that you think represents a good advice for people about investing. So why don't we start with you, Xander? Do you have one? I do. Um, it, it's a it's an anti quote. Um, I was told this uh, by by friends and family, uh, especially a wise one. And and it's um, why try to find the needle in the haystack when you can buy the haystack, right? And that's index fund investing. And I had and I heard this over and over. And then you think about what that means for Tesla, right? Don't buy the needle in the haystack, buy the haystack. And I had to unlearn that. And it's the best decision I ever made. And obviously, it's kind of crazy to put all of your money um, into that one needle. But when you find it, are you going to pick up the needle or are you just going to leave it in the haystack? So for me, it just it, it, it uh, 
was was very important for uh, my investing philosophy because it kind of it kind of showed that some people uh, are are going to stick to what they know and and like statistics, but some people will will uh, see the future or think that they see the future or whatever it is, and they're willing to uh, to to, to kind of tra transcend to the to that side of it. Um, I don't know if you guys like that, but uh, no, I like it. Uh, but I mean, I like uh, it. translate it to folks because I know your backstory. But uh, when you're talking about the haystack, you're talking about index investing, which is a, a basket of all sorts of stocks put into one. And so just buy the index, buy the haystack. That was the advice. And then you said, well, then you've learned recently that if you find the needle in the haystack, why keep investing in the haystack? That's what you're saying. Because that's what you used to do, right? You were yeah. not an options trader. You were the no. most conservative trader yes. in the, or investor in the past. You just kept everything in index funds. That's what you exactly. did. Exactly. I knew. Yeah. Taught yourself. I, I didn't know enough. Learning. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Thank you. Yeah. I did not know enough to think that I was any more, uh, you know, smarter than anyone else. So uh, I, I, I stayed away. And that's what th that is for the person that is listening that doesn't uh, have the conviction. You shouldn't, uh, you know, I shouldn't say you shouldn't because uh, it's not advice, but I shouldn't. For me, I was like, I can't buy an individual company because statistically speaking, you're going to underperform the index. But in this case, right, the things that we're discussing, they are so fundamental. You're talking about how many cars can you make? How much gross margin are you going to make on those vehicles? What's your overhead? What's your burn? What are, what are you doing with the money that's coming in and left over? Are you growing? Are you reinvesting it? What are the earnings per share? Right. These little basics help me to get to this part where I'm not an, I'm far from an expert. I'm not even intermediate. I think I'm still a novice. But, uh, you know, I started picking up options. And, and my entire point of sharing all of this stuff and putting time into this is just to inspire people to believe in themselves and to just know that you could you could learn this stuff, too. OK. Yes. Love it. So you've compared Tesla to a needle. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> unicorn one needle unicorn That's not a deal. all right okay go ahead uh christian so you know i love quotes i love you stoic do. quotes i tweet them out i love investing quotes i got a couple so if you just want one i'll give you one oh, but i have a couple it. that are good go for it man. so i'll give you i'll give you the first one this kind of plays a little bit to the haystack thing um and this is from warren buffett uh, why diversification is only required when investors do not understand what they are doing. So if you don't understand how to value companies and you don't understand what valuation is, you are literally just a monkey throwing darts at it, hoping for good things. So that is what that. So if the, the greatest investors and, and I studied the greatest investors, what they do, they didn't get wealthy owning the S&P 500, even though that is a great strategy for people out there, dollar cost averaging, working jobs, 401k, I get it. So I'm not dissuading that. I'm just talking on a, on a different level here. The wealthiest people in the world got wealthy on maybe four or five stocks. It only takes a few. The, the great Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, it only takes a few and Tesla's one of them that could change your life. You know, Amazon was one of them, Apple was one, just to name a few. But if you can, even ones that we don't know about that have done 10Xs and 20X that might be littler companies and still, but, but have made huge moves. If you could find those generational companies or even companies that are small 
but they turn into 1 billion, they go to 10 billion market cap, and you have a significant amount of money, you can do really well. And, and that's how you really build wealth o- over the long term. And I have a couple others. One, I'll just give one more. Uh, this is the great Peter Lynch. He ran the Fidelity, uh, I believe, um, fund, and it, it killed everybody. And he did it for like 13 years. He just smoked the S&P. Um, know what you own and why you own it. Again, if you own a stock and you don't understand what it's doing, you, you can't have any conviction. So it's just a very basic tenet. Know what you own what, why you, and why you own the company. And at Tesla, we don't have that problem. We know why we own it. We have a community that all have knowledge and specific areas in it. So this is a great company to get to know because you have so many levers to pull of knowledge. And, you know, I love it. And that's how I learn a lot about Tesla just by going through YouTube and Twitter. And it's just been amazing. So shout out to the community. You did a lot for me and I, I love you guys. So, yeah, great stuff. We love you too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my quote is actually from Charlie Munger as well, which just an aside, I'm not a big fan of Berkshire Hathaway dudes, but I like this quote, which is uh, waiting helps you as an investor. And a lot of people just can't stand to wait. So if you did, if you did not get that deferred gratification gene, and you got to work really hard to overcome that. So the most, the hardest thing in the world is to not be distracted and just stay. So we found Tesla. We think it's a good company for all these various reasons we talk about all the time. There's no need to worry about day-to-day, what is the technicals, what is it, a crossing, burning, whatever. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> oh, Herbert, I'll... I got to interrupt you. You just gave me another great quote. I have to say, you just teed me up. I'm gonna sound he's so going to go with the, go with the Warren swinging, right? I'm going to sound so good go on ahead. this one. The stock market is the transfer of wealth from the, the impatient to the patient. Yeah, I thought Think you were going to go with the, with with the Warren Buffett. Uh, you know, it's a it's a game of no strikes, no called strikes. You don't that's have another, to swing great, yeah. at all the pitches that come your right. way. But with Tesla stock, that that that's exactly like, oh, there's this there's this news, there's that news. Oh, there's 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 this fire over there. There's this uh, lawsuit in California. With like all of those to me are all these pitches. Oh, I should sell. I should sell. No, just just. Right. Don't swing. Uh, and then when you do swing, just be patient. I think that's a yeah. very, very good one. The time to swing, it was like a fat pitch. It was the middle of 2019. Tesla was down to 180. And you could have picked up this generational company for, a, well, pre, you know, with all this $180, a $40 billion market cap. And that was the pitch to swing hard. I could tell you the same thing five years from now. I'll be, I'll be, I'm recording this. Well, yeah, I think it can happen right now, again. Question. Don't get me wrong. That's it. Five it can happen now, again. Though, That's the it. swing was in 2022 in August when, the when it was, was at 6.15. <laughs> can you believe it? And yet. Christian decided to sell because he went a little higher. Than, <laughs> no, I sold this twelve hundred and walked back at six hundred. Don't lie. Yeah, you're about to sell, buddy. I know you are. You're itching. <laughs> you're itching. He said he's not selling when we get to twelve hundred. He saying do nothing. I, what do yeah. you mean? He's liquidating he's, lemonade. Yeah, Herbert, he's putting Sandra, it in up over fifty percent. Christian, uh, your still animosity towards Sandra. me is not healthy. Xander, Christian is a momentum. <laughs> 
investor. That means I'm also a smart investor. He says this tomorrow. Sell high. Mood will change. Buy low. That's another great quote by Warren Buffett. <laughs> Sell high, buy low. But what is high? Is nine hundred was high. Six hundred oh, so, was low. So you're wait, wait, wait. number twelve hundred is high. So this is no, where the moving, it was high moving for averages the moment. come the in. The market told you that's what the this, market did. This is where the moving averages come in, right? Oh, this is this. Well, hold on, but that's the point. <laughs> that's the point. When is it? You ask the question. When is it? Well, when you're like, you know. Five feet above the 200-day moving average, right? You have all or however many dollars above it. Th that that is an indication that it that there might be a pullback, statistically speaking. This is where you guys go wrong. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm trying to hold myself back. I was told two two set two 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 shows ago. Calm down. Be nice to these guys. Okay. No, bring it on, Herbert. I'm bring trying. it on. I'll take it. I'll come back at you. Okay, go ahead. Maybe I have I'll, to use I'll... my proper words. This yes. is where you guys might not be seeing the picture as well as you might be able to. I don't know. <laughs> okay. No, so go so, ahead. So, so, you know, you come to this and go, well, the market's this high and the market told you it was a high because the market, the price fell. And so it, the price of the stock in your mind is based on the buyers and the sellers and it's a market. Who's willing to buy at what price? Okay. I don't look at it that way. I have my own calculator. And I can see that this price is low. 1200 is low. Now, I might be saying, oh, look at the price today. You're obviously wrong. Well, I'm not. I'm not wrong. And I'm going to stay to that conviction. 1200 is low. That's my opinion. So it's like- But Herbert, okay. Herbert, there's so, one important thing. And to defend Christian, I'll do your work for you there, good sir. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do the work. <laughs> um, there, there were news. There were things that happened that, triggered this man right china shutting down big red flag for him right uh twitter sale big red flag right he knows that that, that like i didn't have that experience right uh, meet kevin fomc minutes come out that say that inflation and blah 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 red flag so so there is it's an important thing to 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 grow your knowledge base on why, what are the reasons why institutions might sell off? You're a retail trader and, you know, we're insignificant, unfortunately, with our portfolio size compared to the overall market cap, right? What percentage of this, of this market, of, of the Tesla's market cap do you own? Not that much, but institutions, they'll move that market. So I, I think that's important. Go ahead, Christian. No, so Xander, that was great. And let me just say, look, hindsight is 2020. Look, let me just say this. Herbert, you are right. And we, we've been going over this long term, you but right. I am right short term. What I'm saying is hindsight is 2020. So I didn't know what was going to happen. But if I told you that Tesla was going to drop 50%, right? And your share count could double. And now you could own this general rational company that you love and have double the shares. You, what, what would you do? Go, oh my God, okay. I would love this. I know you, I know you don't do that. You do Let long me term, ask but you I'm saying. Question. Go ahead. Okay, there's a hundred investors in Tesla today. What percentage? What number of that hundred people did what you did, which is sold at twelve hundred, bought at six fifty, and now are thinking that they're happy at nine hundred? How many people did that? I'm not sure, but I could just tell you my own story. I ran Tesla up the twenty x when I sold up near the highs. I didn't time it perfectly. Whatever, eleven hundred, twelve hundreds. I have more Tesla, more shares 
for less money is what I'm saying. You got lucky so yes, see. it was a momentum trade, but now I'm long again and I don't plan to sell anytime soon. We've had the correction. Xander stated it perfectly. We had a, I have to say this, we had a China shutdown. Before that, we had Elon give a poll saying he was going to sell 10% of his Twitter. If you're a smart investor, you know that the big money is going to front run Elon selling every day. Drip, 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 drip. I don't want to hold a massive position and watch Elon sell down every day and the stock goes down and down and down. Oh. I want to get liquid to buy dips. I mean, it may sound as a trader, like a, like a trader trader, like a, but no, it's being smart. If you know Elon has to sell, there is no way that the stock price is going to be able to penetrate that and rally on that kind of news. It's just not possible. So if I want to be a savvy investor, I'll say I'll take a portion of my gains at 20x and I can buy at lower prices and have my dollars go further. I don't know why that's a crazy strategy. That makes sense to me. Uh, Back me up, Xander. Jealous. Does that make sense? I'm just he's jealous. Just je I, I'm just a little jealous. jealous. That, that's that's all. See, I look at it and I'm like, hey, how do I do that? Right. No, Emmett Pepper Emmett Peppers takes his Roth from 2K to freaking 30 million. And I go, how do I do that? Right. So it, it that's was his Roth. Oh my God. Yeah, it was his Roth. That's yeah, but so that's in a, that's in addition to the, the other account. Yeah, it was it was brilliant. Okay. So I think it's I, I, I agree with you, Herbert, that like in your strategy, um, it's not it's not something most people can do. And then, and, and that's, that's why I look up to uh, in, in this manner with, with Christian, because he's, he's trusting his gut and his experience with what are the things that can cause a, a, a drop in the share price. And, and then of course, you also have to think about that for him, it, it is also a, not a taxable event, which, which means that it's much easier for him to just get out and then get back in. It's, it's much easier to do that momentum trade. Yeah, I agree, Xander. And I'll just say this very, very nice. Um, the, the thing is, I'm not afraid to get out for a period of time and then go long. I am longer on Tesla than I've ever been in my life. So you can question the strategy. You could. It could have ran away and I would have missed some of it. But what I'm saying is, when you see headwinds coming and you see macro and you see Fed and you see lots of bad no, things, okay, you're not a bad person if you no. step to the side and try to miss it. Nobody For someone like me, I, I'm no. a little bit advanced in age. I no. can't sit, you know, maybe for the next, you know, you might have a 25-year-old who, yeah, who just keeps accumulating. I get that, that strategy. But that's what makes, go back to the original when we talk, that's what makes it good. You take a little bit of what I do. I take a little bit of what you do. Now I'm doing what you do. I'm going long for a, a decade now. I'm taking what Xander's doing. He taught me about leaps and he got me involved in covered calls and selling puts. So I've, I've taken a bit of that. I'm taking from all of you and I'm happy. I'm not angry at anybody. <laughs> I love everyone. I'm not, angry I'm not at jealous anyone of anyone. There's what? people in the Tesla community that did way better than me. God bless them. I love it. And if anyone could do well, I'm here to cheer them on. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously we're just joking. I know we're but, playing. But, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. What, what I, I you're will hard say, to tell. You do really, really good. Uh, straight. I do face a good job. Uh, yeah. 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 What, what I'm, what I want to say though is that you know you cannot predict the future, as you correct, said, correct. And you were saying just. 
three weeks ago, you were saying the macro I'm doing that. inflation is over that we're all, you know, prepare yourself for six, 18 months of failure. Nah. Inflation is done and the world's good. That wasn't me. That was more that, that was CNBS. Dander that was, was a little CN... bit more no, bearish. No, no, no. no, no that was the, the headlines. What are you talking about? <laughs> it, it, it feels better today, but in a week from now, it could go right back to that, you know, projection. Yeah. So yep. we don't know what's going to happen. So when you said, oh, the market was frothing, right. it's pretty obvious. There could have been a deal right after the Hertz deal that really solidifies, uh, you know, Tesla's uh, su success. And then it would have just doubled at that point. Who knows? That's You're right, Herbert. But Herbert, it's a game of probabilities, not certainties. So when Tesla goes from 1200 and I got money at, at 700 I didn't know 620 was the low. So I was buying at 780. Xander could attest to this. 740, 680. And you know this. I was telling you this. So, I mean, I'm just telling you what I'm doing. Like, I'm buying in those areas because I see value. I don't know if it's going to go to 610 or, or 580, but I'm dollar cost averaging all in this area. And it's been now it's paying off because now we're in the 900s and we think it's going to go through a thousand and higher. So it, it it's a part of the investing game. A part of the investing game is buy low, sell high. You have to understand that or you're not going to be a good investor. And and Herbert, I have to say, right, for for me, um, this this is it. Like th if, if I screw this up, I mentioned this, uh, you know, in another episode, um, you know, I have a responsibility to my family and I, I, I want to say it's on the top of my Twitter. Uh, if I, if I haven't changed it, uh, this was my old thinking was that my job is to spot the red flags and get the hell off that ship if it's sinking. Right. So that's why I continue to do due diligence. D is my conviction shaken by any of these things? No. Right. Because I understand the fundamentals of the business. But if there's a, 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 some kind of news event that, um, you know, th that that says, hey, Wall Street's going to dump here. You bet your, you, you bet I'm going to take and make some kind of strategic move, maybe not with the whole portfolio, but a piece of it, maybe take 10%, right? And then, and then gamble that I'll be, that I'll be wrong, but it would feel much better to sell some shares at 10%, why, uh, you know, 10% of shares, watch it drop and then buy a leap. And then that lets me take that same amount of money and, and ride it right back up because of this little, little local minimum that occurs, right? With, with, with the same money. But what if, what if uh, a news event happens and you have some money sitting on the sideline for a rainy day or an emergency and you say, uh, oh, wow, you know, this news event is so, so big. I think it's going to keep riding down. Let me get the transfer going from my bank account into my brokerage, right? That's going to take a couple of days. So like there, there's a reason to pay attention. Um, it, it depends on your individual uh, situations and circumstances. Yeah. And I'll just say that, that's great, Xander. And I'll just say this real quick. Not everyone's Warren Buffett, right? Not everyone could just <laughs> sit there for 20 years and watch the Tesla story play out. I like a lot of people don't have if you already have a huge position and you've already done really well, a lot of the money already might be in. You don't have a lot of new money coming in to buy a 50 percent discount. So for someone like me, I'm a little bit more strategic. I'm not saying this is for everyone. And I love the long and hold and I'm holding for 20 years. I love that idea. And I love those people. What I'm saying is you can be a little strategic because everyone has a little bit of a different position, like Xander was saying, and a little different bit, commitments and things of that nature. So as much as we want to just say, I'm holding Tesla and it's going to 10X in, in whatever years, and I'm just going to sit there, you know, sometimes 
curveballs come at you. And some people have to do some strategic plays because their lifestyle dictates so. That's all. All right, guys. <laughs> we'll we'll save some more of this. He's throwing his weight. He's throwing in the white towel. I am not. No, I, I'm saying I'm going to have to wait until next episode because this is going to take too long to kind of. <laughs> this was a great chat, guys. Maybe this I'll, was a I'll, great chat. Maybe I'll end with a morbid statistic. And that is that it's a fact that people who have died, their investment account outperforms the people who stay a lot. So just close your eyes, leave everything alone. And the market will take care of you if you pick a good stock. So, I love it. That's a morbid. Sorry, guys. Did, did, well, you did, want me to end? We... I got another quote. Good. I could end it on a great quote for Please. the audience. I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is good. And this is. Oh, he froze. Oh, it must have not been that good. It was like it. Okay, wait. Christian. Yeah. You froze. I think I had a little outage okay. here. The lights went. That's a sign, buddy. Can you hear me? Yeah. Did you hear that quote? No, we they know the price of it. So the stock market is filled with individuals who know the price of everything, but the value of nothing. Philip Fisher. Nice. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Very nice. And did we answer the the, the name of the room titled Why It's Poised to Rise? I Are did. The reasons why it might surprise you? Okay. Well, I, did. I tweeted was, it out. No, that was a stock rise. <laughs> a stock rise portion at the very beginning. I'm pretty bullish about that. Basically, it's a following the earnings and the earnings earnings. Yeah. earnings. It's, it's an coming, earnings story now. And investors are institutional investors are starting to look at 2023. Nobody thought of that except for Gary Black. Explain it to me. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody. Right. Really appreciate this. Another fun episode. Again, no one was harmed. It was fun. In this episode. No. <laughs> thanks, Great everybody. Show. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Bye.